1: Welcome back, Fight Fans. That's right. It's a the Zone Boxing Show podcast. I go by the name of Ak. And I'm Barack the Boxing Bully. And it's so lovely to be here in my uh, non-formal setting. I don't have to sit up. I'm kicked back with my feet on the desk.
0: I swear I thought you was gonna say it's so nice. To be here in my underwear, I swear I don't know why. Well, I, 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 am that. My, I am in Just my. Underwear as long well. as you differentiate that, I'm all the way over here in my house, <laughs> <laughs> and you're all the way over there in your house. Whatever De- the hell. Definitely
1: in my underwear. But listen, nevertheless, enough underwear talk. Look, there's some serious stuff going on in the boxing world. Barack. Yes, it's taken the world by storm, and honestly, I do believe that. And 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 I know all of you guys know we're talking about Terrence Crawford, and the potential Terrence Crawford Errol Spence fight. What I, what I, first thing that came to my mind after watching Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford's live barack was, yes. fighters need to do more of that. I think fighters need to be a little what bit more transparent. That? that would be when when people are, and, and and this is not saying that oh you have to address every negative comment about you right. But when you have a platform that, that you can put out a statement or, or do what he did, go on live and explain your side, I think fighters need to use that more often instead of just allowing the, the, the general public to, to, you know, uh, to make their own assumptions, uh, the court of uh, public opinion demonize you without you saying anything. I like the fact that Bud uh, got on the live and expressed his side of the story when it comes to why Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford isn't happening on November 19th, which was the first date they put out. A lot to unpack here, Barack. Well,
0: I would say that there's a line, there's a line there. And I don't want to say a fine line because it might be a thick line. I think that you shouldn't address everything. But when it comes to this, this is like the whole boxing world either calls Spence a duck or Terrence a duck. And it just so happens that I'm seeing a lot of people saying negative things about Terrence because we posted one picture to get one video together. So I'm seeing all of those comments and I'm like, everybody thinks he's a duck. But I also heard Spence in that audio that was leaked of him talking on a phone or however he was talking to somebody, it was leaked and he said, Spence himself said they're killing me online. So in other words, they're both getting killed. So. They're getting killed to, to so much that it made sense for Forfeit for to do this. Now, normally, like he said, in that in that live video, IG live video, he said, you know what? Normally, I don't say nothing because I'm, I'm not talkative and you guys know that about me. But yes, he had to defend himself in this case because this fight is one of those monumental fights. This is the biggest fight that could be made now, not financially. I'm just saying the most important, the most yeah. important fight of our era. In all of boxing. Yes.
1: In all of boxing.
0: No absolutely question about it. because these guys are the best now think about it though what about that post i don't know if you've seen that post online on ig but by boxing memes which is like one of the best ig you know um
1: pages pages up,
0: yeah. right like it said mikey garcia got a 3 million guarantee and 50 percent right. pay-per-view split mm-hmm. sean porter got a 2 million guarantee to, and all of this is to fight spence might i add and a 40% pay-per-view split. Danny Garcia got $5 million because he's more of a star. He has mm-hmm. a bigger, he's a bigger attraction. Guarantee, $5 million, mm-hmm. 40% pay-per-view split. And your Dennis Uga's got $1 million guaranteed. They couldn't even offer Terrence Crawford. When I say they, I mean Al Heyman and PBC. People are scared to say Al Heyman's name. I think yeah, he's yeah. great for a lot of boxers. But right now, this looks funny. This looks funny. You offer... Your Dennis Ugas, who's your fighter? All those fighters I named worked with Al Ham, even Mike and Garcia. You can give you Dennis Ugas a guarantee who you know is not going to sell a lot of pay per view, right. even though he's fighting
1: space, But Crawford can't get a guarantee. Yo, not only because that, Crawford right. acting too much money or what? And, and this is not and this is not a shot at, at Ugas or any of those other guys. Right. But if this indeed is factual, um, then 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 the whole deal makes no sense for the best fighter in the world in Terrence Crawford. Now, here's what was frustrating to me, Barack. You know, you and I have been very uh, uh supportive of the PBC movement over the years throughout our career. When when, when the PBC and Al Hamon- Because we're would, not would be, haters. <laughs> when we, yeah, when they were being sued by top rank, by Golden Boy, yeah. we, we were objective in that situation and gave both sides. Right. And throughout our careers, we've always been like that. Hence why, you know, all the PBC fighters still- on our shows here on the zone but i think that the fact that al Heyman and his team never put out public statements on any of these deals it's almost like you never want to address anything like why don't if, if you're scared uh, you know if he's somebody that is not good in front of the camera then, then get a spokesperson get somebody that can speak for for you know for the brand right and, and give a side of the story. Nobody's denying this awful deal. If the deal is indeed accurate, this awful deal that was offered to Terrence Crawford with no guarantee and, and no transparency. Why, why is anybody countering that and saying, "Hey, that's not all"? You know, that's not Maybe all accurate. That's the truth. Exactly. I need to break. Need break. Exactly. I'm, I'm hyperventilating over here. <laughs> this is crazy. So, so, so that's my point. Like, yo, know, if you go. You're going to have to start addressing things or, or, or you're going to look like the guilty party here, or you're going to, you're going to take the blame for this because he was, this is a guy that doesn't do anything like this. Crawford does not go on live ever to address anything. And he's, he's gotten hate before, but this is on a different level. So he was compelled to do this. So now the narrative is going to change. Because this is obviously, there's there's so there has to be so much truth to this because there's there has been no rebuttal. And this makes Spence looks bad, look bad. And you know, you know what?
0: Let's just deal with this after the break. We no, gotta pay some bills.
1: No, but hold on, hold on, We're done on this topic because like right now we're gonna move on to some other things. We gotta chop it up with Eddie Hearn who's over there in Abu Dhabi for the Bivol versus Ramirez fight. But well, and I hate that Spence, Errol Spence is one of the best fighters in the world, and he is. And you know, he wants night. this fight. You and know, exactly. he wants this fight. That's all he wants. this fight, so this is affecting him, and this is not his fault. For, for those listening out there, this but is not what, Errol what about Spence's the people sport. who say, Why doesn't Errol Spence say, This is
0: the fight I want, that's it let's make this happen Well, you know yeah, why listen, because he's that's not the, the one putting up the money
1: so, right yeah, I get, right and it's, yeah. it's easier said than done that's true. you say that's you true. say it you say it often when yeah. a guy like Al Heyman changes your life and yes. you're loyal to him it's not as easy just to say oh I want this I'm not going to listen to you anymore yes okay no. cool all right we'll talk to Eddie in a few but first let's take a break Matchup in Abu Dhabi, Matchroom, Bavo versus Ramirez, Golden Boy Matchroom. But Mr. Matchroom himself, Eddie Hearn, is over there. Got a chance to chop it up with him. Check it out. All right, right, five fans, it's time for the Akin Eddie show once again. No Barack, it's Hearn Unleashed. Mr. Eddie Hearn, welcome to the show, Eddie.
2: I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried about Barack, you know, like, he <laughs> yeah, so seems to have these heated debates and he's dropped <laughs> off lately, you know?
1: I think you've intimidated him, I think he's scared. I don't know, but Rock, you better come back. Um, listen, Eddie, so much to talk about. Uh, first thing I wanna to touch on is Lomachenko's performance uh, against Jermaine Ortiz, if you, hopefully you were able to watch that and, and your buddy Devin was in attendance. Now, there were, once upon a time, Eddie, Vasini Lomachenko was somewhat of a boogeyman. This guy that was so skilled, he could turn, he can spin, he can hit you from every angle. Devin wanted him even back then um after that performance and yeah he was rusty year off Jermaine is a young athletic kid um does does Loma have a shot against Devin now I would say
2: yeah I mean I haven't seen the fight but you know I know that it was a very close fight particularly through sort of nine ten rounds and um I just think listen it could be a mixture of a lot of things you know it could be a little bit of Ring rust could be a little bit of lack of motivation in a fight like that. Could be the fact that he's had 400 amateur fights, you know, surgery, getting old a little bit, and could be great timing for Devin. I mean, I don't see, like I make Devin a massive favorite in that fight right now. You know, I always believed that Devin could beat him, but back then Devin was a little bit unproven. Loma was flying, but I just feel like with Devin's momentum, With his size as a lightweight, with that performance, I just make him a favorite now to beat Lomachenko. But, you know, great fighters turn it on at the right times. You know, and you go back to almost Katie Taylor where, you know, before the Serrano fight, she had a couple of okay performances in mandatories and it was like, puts in the performance of her career. So I would expect a much better Lomachenko in an undisputed fight, but I would make Devin Haney the favorite.
1: I would agree with you, but here's I was talking to Shakur Stevenson recently about this and the fact that Loma will be 35 in February, then we start going into that territory where these young fighters, if they do go on and beat a Lomachenko, will start receiving that, ah, he's old, oh, he's past his prime, and not the credit, you know, get the credit they deserve. And it's unfair if that would have happened. Now, do you think that would be the next fight?
2: Yeah, I think the difficulty now for all these things is the money that the fighters have got to be paid. You know, Devin's on a huge payday for Lomachenko. And also, with the problem is with that performance at the weekend, people now think it's not a great fight. They think it's more of a one sided fight, which it's not. You know, it is a really good fight, but, you know, it's just hard to pay those guys that kind of money when, you know, you're probably not, I don't think it's a pay per view fight. So, how do you pay the kind of money those guys need? So, you know, if I'm Devin Haney, I'm looking more at a Ryan Garcia fight a Javonta Davis fight. I think they're they're more exciting than a Lomachenko fight, but it's still a great fight for the division. And, and obviously I don't know his contractual situations, but I'm sure part of getting the opportunity to fight Cambosis was to, to fight a top ranked guy. And obviously Aaron will be pushing Lomachenko to fight Haney next.
1: And I think that that's the part of boxing that the general public uh, and the fans don't understand when they complain about big fights not happening. There's an aspect of, does it, doesn't have the demand in order to pay the fighters that what they want. That's yeah. the, the barrier. And, and that's
2: what I said recently with Spence Crawford. You know, I've got, I've got criticism for that fight, but you've got to understand, like if the money was there, the fight gets made. Right. So, you know, and, and Haney Lomachenko is not that big a fight. Haney against um, Ryan Garcia, that's a much bigger fight. Much bigger fight. Haney against Tank, much bigger fight. Speaking but not, of Tank. not, I feel, against Lomachenko.
1: Speaking of Tank, um, he's, He's gone on in the last few weeks publicly and said that he's not signed to anybody. Uh, He's not signed to anybody and kind of complaining. He's done this in the past, but recently complaining about his promotional company indirectly. Um, Has there been a play uh, with Matchroom to to maybe do a deal or a fight or a multi-fight deal with Javante Davis?
2: No, I mean, we received a legal letter a while back from Mayweather promotion saying that he was under contract. It doesn't sound like he is. You know, he doesn't have... Many fond words to say about uh, Mayweather promotions, um, and of course, we would love to bring him to the matchroom team. You know, it sounds like there's a f- there's a fight being negotiated in some way with Ryan Garcia and Showtime and DAZN or or both. I don't know, but you know, I rate Tank Davis as as one of the biggest stars in the sport. So if he was a free agent, we'd definitely love to have that conversation.
1: Uh, you also mentioned uh, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Obviously, Terrence ha- has gone an- another direction. It feels like the deal that they was offering was unjust. And a new company called BLK Prime offered them 10 mil, I guess, possibly to take a loss, you know, to, uh, you know in money to fight Abanesan. Now, uh, w- what, what advice would you give this new company, Eddie? And I know when you came in America, you weren't a new promoter. Obviously, you're very successful in yeah. the UK. But what, what, what would be the, their best approach to this event?
2: Well, I mean, look, when you come in in your BLK Prime, I mean, they, you know, obviously when we came into the US market with The Zone, The Zone already had a formidable credibility globally in, in key markets because of the rights that acquired. No one's ever heard of BLK Prime anywhere really. So right. they have to come in and make a statement and you do that by, you know, having to overspend because it's a new platform and, and fighters would want to box on a traditional platform, not on a new platform. So it's going to take money. to to bring them and acquire their services. Obviously, they're going to lose a lot of money on the Crawford uh, Avanissian fight, but that comes with launching in the market. So I don't mind, you know, any new platform that wants to invest money for boxing, I think is great for boxing, great for the fighters. Keeps everybody on their toes. Who knows if it it will be a success? Time will tell, but good luck to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, does that give you, uh, I know you've mentioned that Terrence is an amazing fighter, but maybe not have the draw, you know, of a Javante Davis, but but just as explosive. Uh, do you think that maybe if this is a one fight deal, would you be interested in doing business with Terrace Crawford? Maybe no, is it
2: because of the price now. You know, the the, the price that's been the paid price gone is up. Of <laughs> course, but the price is you know three times too much. So, you know, it's very difficult to you, you when you run a business, and you know you want to pay the right money. You want to pay market value. And unfortunately, or fortunately for Terrence, that's not market value. Good luck to him. You know, he's made a lot of money and right place, right time.
1: Who do you think uh, changed that in boxing? Or or I would say who messed that part of the sport up to where the market value isn't what what it should be?
2: I think everybody's contributed to that. You know, I think PBC started it. Then DAZN came along, was very aggressive financially. Then ESPN and top rank (laughs) decided to spend more money. You know, and everybody like, you know, I think people just um, wanted to be competitive. People wanted to keep up. You know, you have an option to sit back and let everybody do their brains or stay in there. And that's what people decided to do. You know, when PBC started spending a load of money, Top Rank decided to stay in there. When DAZN came in and started spending money, Top Rank decided to stay in there. So did PBC. So, you know, and it's good for the sport, good for boxing. It doesn't mean you always have to pay it. And at some point you have to level up and look at the, the market value and say, no, we won't be involved in this race. And we've done that lots of times recently. All
1: right, uh, m- moving on to uh, your buddy, Mr. Jake Paul, he, You know, a lot of people felt like Anderson Silva was too experienced for him. He was able to beat him in my opinion, which was his best performance to date against the best opponent today. How, what do you think of, of his progression skill-wise in a sport? And were you impressed with the fight?
2: If yeah, I, mean, I I haven't seen the fight. I've only seen the knockdown and everything. You're not and, you a know, true think, fight
1: fan. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but I think that um, you have to give him credit. You know, one, one thing that can't be denied is that, yes, he's not fighting any real boxers yet. And yes, Anderson Silva was 48, but it's still an opponent for, for your sixth fight of a level with where most prospects are fighting at, you know? So, I think Jake is improving. I think he's working hard. You know, he does a lot of things wrong in the ring, but he's not a boxer. You know, he's not been around like he hasn't been boxing for years and years. So, right. Anderson Silva, you know, yes, not a boxer, 48, but still has spent time fighting. Right. You know, was a, was a decent um, stand-up fighter in in MMA, but he was very old. But it's a win, and I think you know now. Jake really has to fight a boxer to get. I don't think he's going to get any, and he's never going to get the credit.
1: Never.
2: Maybe he wants or he deserves until he actually fights a professional boxer. Yeah, and I okay. believe he wants to do that, and I, I, I'm guessing he'll do that next.
1: Who would you match him up against if you were his promoter next?
2: Someone that I wouldn't lose against.
1: Speaking of Jake, we spoke to him last week, and he mentioned that the 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 fight with Taylor and Serrano is still there on his end. Uh, if it's you know, if you guys are still interested in that fight, I'm pretty sure you are. Well, what's the next step? Is that the next fight?
2: Yeah, we'd love to make that fight. Obviously, Katie won at the weekend. We'd love to do that at Croke Park. Um, and, you know, we'll be talking to those guys and hopefully we can get it made.
1: And I think that, you know, you mentioned it earlier, sometimes you get up for big fights, right? Because, yeah. you know, Katie, it wasn't Katie's best performance, but we also, she did it with Serrano. Even Amanda, her last fight wasn't her greatest uh, performance, but look They need each
2: other, there. you know, they need yeah. each other. Yeah. They need to be fighting at the highest levels of the game. And yeah. that, that's a, that's the rematch.
1: Yeah, all right. Um, big fight, uh, Bavol Ramirez. You know, people are already looking ahead past Ramirez. I think that's the most dangerous thing you can do if you're on the Bavol side. Uh, what What's the plan for Dimitri Bivol if he gets Bass Ramirez next?
2: Well, I mean, firstly, I mean, I'm, in, I'm here now in Abu Dhabi, like the buzz for this fight and this whole fight card is unbelievable. This fight is one of the fights of the year, you know, before the Canelo fight, Bivol Zerdo was a 50-50 fight. Now, obviously, Bivol is the front runner. He's become a pound for pound star. But really, there's two options for Dimitri Bivol if he wins this fight. One is rematch Canelo Alvarez and one is to look for the undisputed fight. So, We'll see how long that can take, but you know, this is a dangerous fight against Zerdo. It's like 44 and 0, tremendous fighter, former world champion. I think this is a tremendous matchup and it's going to be very high level, a lot of anticipation, a lot of drama. Obviously, Saul and Eddie Reynoso will be watching the fight. I guess on one hand, they'll want Zerdo to win, being Mexican, but on the other hand, they'll want Bivol to win so they can get that rematch. So plenty on the line in Abu Dhabi this Saturday.
1: Now, is there a rematch clause in that contract? No. No. So if Bavo loses, that's it. It's over. Uh, Ramirez yeah, moves on. It. You
2: know, Zerdo's in a great position. We Picks up the world title at Light Wow. Uh, is
1: there... Uh, now, we all know that Baterabiev, uh, I think he has some sort of surgery. So he's probably mm-hmm. going to be out for a while. If it's too long, and... Uh, is it definitely... I mean, has Canelo's team... Basically, has Canelo's team told you we 100% want Bivou at light heavyweight if he beats Ramirez.
2: Yeah, they, they definitely want to revenge that defeat. You know, obviously, Canelo's just coming off surgery that went well. I think he'll be ready for Cinco de Mayo. So that would work well with the timings. Um, but, you know, there's still a deal to be done on both sides. But, you know, certainly Sal and Eddie Reynoso have indicated to me that if Bivol is triumphant on Saturday, that's the fight they'd like next.
1: All right, we, I just recently watched some footage of my boy Addy talking to AJ. Who, you know, has said that, look, you know, emotionally, he just wanted to get back in the ring, but he needs some time to, he needs a little break, but they're talking about Dillian White. Those are some of the names that he's thrown out there. Should he get past Franklin? I mean, is that the next plan for Anthony Joshua?
2: Possibly. I mean, Dillian's got a tough fight against Franklin November 26th. If he gets through, I think it all depends when AJ fights. If he waits till April, May, he may go straight into the Dillian White fight. If he sort of fights in February, he may have a fight first, but. He's coming to Abu Dhabi this week. We're sitting down with him to plan the next step, and, and we're on the verge now of, of uh, mapping that out.
1: Look, I heard Shelly Finkel say, Eddie, that AJ Wilder is still the biggest fight in the heavyweight division. Probably not bigger, obviously not bigger than AJ and Fury on your side of the pond, but uh, in, in world boxing, uh, that's a fight that people still want to see. Would it be possible for AJ not to fight Dylan White, not to fight anybody else, and go straight into a Deontay Wilder fight if the money? If, yeah, if, if actually, the deal's um,
2: right? I actually sent Deontay Wilder and Sh- well Shelly Finkel an email back in August to talk about a deal. And he actually replied to me yesterday.
1: Oh wow, uh, what did he
2: say? Uh, <laughs> took took a few months, but um, <laughs> you know, just to say, look, we're, we're up for talking, you know, and i I invited them out here to Abu Dhabi this week, they can't come. But you know, I, I see the the Deontay Wilder fight probably happen happening this the second fight for NC Joshua in all honesty, but like he's up for fighting anyone, anyway. and if he waits. Then he may go straight into that fight you know it all depends when he returns i think if he deter- if he returns early in the year i think he'll fight someone else first and if not he'll either go straight into the white or the wilder fight and you know we also like wilder against white if aj has a fight first you know so and i think wilder's got a fight with Ruiz. so he's in a great position and you know we'll be talking to his team and trying to map out a deal
1: and for those that don't know like when you're putting a structure in a deal together with with a Finkel and, and Heyman and stuff like that for, for a big fight like that. Does it have to happen in person? Like you said, you invited them. This is not something that a deal that is done over the phone. Or have no, you I don't done really like
2: sending emails and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I like sitting down in a room with people. So that's why I invited them to Abu Dhabi to to start those talks. They asked me to email an offer over and we'll work on that, you know, but that's a must-make fight in my opinion. I think, I think that could be as big as AJ against Fury, honestly. I, I yeah. just feel like... Be such a massive fight, but, you know, we'll speak to AJ this week and see where we go.
1: And I think it's very, a very interesting fight. Obviously, with uh, Deontay's vulnerability, we all know that he can be hurt. We all know how big AJ can punch. And same thing for Wilder. So I, yeah. I think that fight is so intriguing. Amazing. Look, Eddie, um, great show this weekend. Looking forward to Bravo Ramirez. Thanks for taking the time, as always. We'll talk next week.
2: Cheers, guys. Take care.
0: Wow. First of all, good job, Ark. Thank you. And don't ever do an interview without me ever again in your life. And <laughs> you think I no. want to
1: work that hard? No.
0: <laughs> no. Let me tell you something. Let me just. I'm just happy that we're gonna see the fight that we wanted to see. I know it's a little late. I know they're not undefeated anymore, and that's Joshua Wilder. I still want to see that. I think the boxing fans got a little appetite for it still, and I'm happy. That's all. So yeah.
1: All right. Well, that fight is made, right? We're not gonna have any surprises come Saturday, right? It's gonna happen, right? Right, no, right. no, never, never that. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the actual fight, man. Um, I know, I know what you're thinking. Oh man, the fight that I was salivating for was Bavar versus Beterbiev, right? Which True. after that, after that win over Canelo and after Beterbiev's win over Joe Smith, I mean, you, you don't expect anything else. Right. Now, um, but there's been a guy that's been in the wing there that's been beating everybody in front of him, undefeated, tall softball with skill and power might not be that might not have the fastest hands in the sport but this guy has not been beaten he is very confident and has wanted to fight everybody he's called out but he's called out before anybody in his division when he was at 168 he called all of those guys out yes so this matchup is a sleeper Uh, and i know uh, the hardcore boxing fans know barack I don't even think we can call it a sleeper anymore. Seriously, no, 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 no. I mean, when it comes to casuals, they might not be, uh, you know, they not may might not be up on this one. They or they might it might not be getting the traction, might not be coming on their their timeline. But we're gonna we're gonna do our part to let you know this is a fight you have to watch. Absolutely, understand something that it might
0: have been a sleeper. His last fight at 168 pounds was Jesse Hart. That was a majority decision victory and you figure you move up to 175, it's only going to get tougher for you. And I'm talking about Gilberto Ramirez. Ramirez moved up to 175 and has had five fights and has knocked everybody, everybody. out, <laughs> knocked everybody out. Listen, sometimes a fighter gets into his ideal weight class and everything clicks. The yep. power, the, the, the conditioning, the diet, like everything clicks. Plus, I love his trainer over there at, at the wild. At, well, it's not called the Wild Card no more. It's Churchill, you know. So I, I love, I love his trainer Julian like Chua. This guy can fight, and we already know what Bivol can do. I always thought that he was the best 175 pounder anyway. Even with, um, even though he only has one belt, and and Berdubiev has three, I still think he's just the most skillful. And that's before he fought Canelo, you know. But, but, you know, one thing I realize is that everybody's talking about, hey, you know what, if you get past Gilberto, and I'm sorry I'm skipping. If you get past Ramirez, Bival, do you want to fight Canelo? Understand his point. He's a 175-pounder. He's a normal human being that knows that Canelo's not. And should have not been in the ring with him. But he, he, he wanted that clout. He wanted the money. He did what was right. But now he wants what he really wants. That's legacy. legacy. And you get legacy by beating the guys in your division and getting all the belts.
1: Now, now, now let's, let, let's give you a different scenario here. All right? Let's say... Sordo Ramirez has the night of his life. Had to do that. (laughs) Let's say he has the fight of his life, the performance of a lifetime, and shows everybody, "Hey, (laughs) you look past me." Wrong decision. All right, and he outboxes or knocks out Bivol. If we get that, now you know I love surprises in boxing. I mean, this is what makes the. It's what makes the. The, the theater of that unexpected is so exciting, it's why we love this sport. You never know, even though when you think you know, right? You never know. That's even true. when you it, think you know, you never know. Look, last last week, Barack, yeah, I mean, everybody ringside was saying that Lomachenko was going to stop Ortiz in four to five rounds. The mm-hmm. betting, the, I mean, the odds were good on that. And guess what? He lost the first four rounds, in my opinion. So, yeah. you, you never know if that happens. Will we get Will we have a Canelo Alvarez that has a change of heart and says, you know what? I'm over not fighting my Mexican countrymen. I, I'm ready to fight Ramirez. No, I'm ready to fight no I don't think so. so I, I think he realized that he doesn't belong in that
0: division. That was just him testing himself. And he wants some get back and see if he can beat Bivol, be but I don't think he should be testing himself with guys that I, are not too much you.
1: advantage. Too I much advantage. I agree with you. He's too big. And listen, I remember once upon a time, Dimitri Bivol said, hey, I want to fight Canelo at 168 so I can fight for all of his belts at 168. Yeah. Now, that. now that if that were the case and that rematch presented itself for Canelo, I like that fight and i yeah, like that
0: situation 100% but when it comes to getting the rematch and getting your props back you can only do it by fighting at the weight that you lost in and that's the that's the scary I, I, part
1: i don't i don't think i don't necessarily think that i think that that would only prove what we've been saying all along if canelo would have beat Bavola at 168, then it would approve what we've been chanting, saying that he does not belong at 175. This is a, he is a great fighter. To those One who the look best. at it that way, the yes. most,
0: the normal perception, you know how this evil world is. The normal perception
1: is going to be, you had to weight drain him to beat him. And you know, that's what they're going to say. Well, will we'll get our answers on Saturday. And then. After that, look, Canelo just came off of a surgery. He, we also on social media he took his cast off, so he's gonna oh, start healing now. Should be okay for May. So I guess we'll get a lot of questions answered Answered uh next week, sometime Monday, Tuesday. What Canelo's gonna do, what is gonna do, Ramirez. All right. That's our show for today. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace and love. Stay safe.